Movies, gaming, Winnipeg, and wrestling. What do they all have in common? Well, my guest today will talk about that. This is episode number 39 of the Stephen Sersky podcast. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And today, Joel J.P. Passante joins me on the show to talk about all these different topics. Uh, he's been involved in movie and theater productions for a long time. Uh, he now live streams his games, his retro gaming on uh, through Twitch. Uh, he still lives in Winnipeg, uh, Canada, and he has a lifelong love affair, a lifelong interest, passion in pro wrestling. So these are all some of the things that we talk about, um, along with uh, what it's like to be a podcaster and a creative uh, the, in this day and age of the massive amount of social media available. Uh, Joel has been uh, active for quite some time. We've known each other for quite some time as well. Uh, we uh, used to work together on some productions, particularly in the Winnipeg Fringe Festival uh, many years ago. It's actually, I think that's how we met. It was through one of those productions. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, this episode was recorded on Saturday, May 27th, 2023. This is episode number 39 with Joel Passante. Long time no see. All right, there we go. I can hear you now. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, you're drinking your morning coffee and I'm drinking my morning sky, I mean water. <laughs> well, it's a uh, late after, late evening for you, man. What is it? Eight, 30, eight o'clock, 34 eight p.m. Eight. right now. So, yeah, good. All right. Um, how's the headphones? Cut? Everything, all the sounds are okay and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, my little board looks good. All right. Now, I always screw this up. So, do you? I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you one question here about Zoom. Uh, which setting okay. is best for capturing both speakers all the time? Is it gallery, speaker, or immersive? I, I don't use Zoom very often, so yeah, like I use it at work, but I'm I'm just the guy sitting there being like, mm, yeah. here's my slides. Like that's all I well, use. At least it you for. have slides. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna leave it on gallery. Uh, yeah, like because I it sounds good to me, but just my experience from like doing you know like anything like this isn't what goes out there so <laughs> yeah well but you have a good microphone going in don't you right oh yeah yeah yeah. i gotta i gotta pretty i'm thinking actually more thinking in terms of uh the audio the video quality uh which way it's sort of because i've had it before where all of a sudden i've switched um midway through and then it, mm. it just looks odd when i do that so uh that's nice, yeah. nice. my setup is a little bit uh, kind of rugged i guess you could say it's cheap <laughs> uh it's functional but it is definitely well and that's definitely cheap yeah for me it's it's about function like if it's a podcast i don't care what it looks like i'm listening to it so uh but then yeah i said like for streaming i try to make it look a little remotely better so. well the idea was always to publish videos as well with this and i just haven't got around to it uh because of all the uh, i mean video just requires so much more um energy and time effort yeah. uh however the technology has changed quite a bit that um the i guess you would say it's a lot easier to my issue is that when i record these big podcasts like they take two three hours sometimes four hours um and mm -hmm. it's just one of these things where i'm like i although i remember what we say i don't remember when it was said and as a result mm. uh, i mean i don't i don't really want to listen to myself again to find 
the good clips and stuff like that. I remember some funny things that happened throughout, but it's not something I can re- really call to mind. And it's very distracting to be making notes at the same time. Um, so oh, yeah. it's, I, I just try to avoid doing that. Just trying to get my camera sort of centered. And my other, my <laughs> other big thing actually is uh, it, I don't know if you do this with your podcast, but if you're ever making a, uh, a thumbnail for it, you want to have like a hand gesture of some sort. Have you ever, have, have you oh, noticed that, that a lot of the thumbnails are like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pointing or or the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all that crap. Something along. Uh, uh, l- l- luckily, the guy, like the other guy that's doing it with us, he he actually works for Screen Rant okay. uh, as like a side gig. So so he's he's that's his job. He'll be the marketing thumbnail, all that stuff. And I'm more of just the I'm just here to come up with the dumb ideas and talk about the random crap. Where he's more of the behind the scenes, the guy, content so like, creation, right? Yeah. That's good. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's a nice little job to have, I guess. Um, Screen Rant. I have we heard of released any episodes. Oh, okay. I have so. heard of Screen Rant, um, but mm-hmm. uh, not in a while. It's been years since I would have heard yeah, that name. Yeah, like well, he, yeah, well, he well because because he lives here in the city. Like he lives here in Winnipeg because it's strictly online Screen Rant. So he does more kind of like comic book related stuff or a lot of his videos and contributions. And like he never shows himself. Like it's an animated head of him and then it's just his voiceover oh, yeah. so so oh i see okay one of those guys all right so uh headphones are okay microphones okay uh mine's coming through loud and clear i think the video is okay the only i i don't know if you've ever heard of the uh app called camo c-a-m-o uh so i can use my cell phone as a web webcam and so i have it plugged in okay so i'm not using my computer camera which is right there the camera's up there. Okay. And so I'm looking at you over here, <laughs> but I've got the camera up there, which is what yeah. my job requires me to do all the time too. The person's down here, but I'm yeah. looking up there all the time, but whatever. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're ready to go, then uh, we'll... Re- I, I apologize. If you can hear running, that's just the spawn doing his morning. I don't care about anything. So <laughs> The spawn. Oh, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> yeah. It's his name. Well, what well, like well, even because like like my whole like internet character, like you know, it's like you know, like Rats House of Retro. Uh, so like the wife, she goes by like Mrs. Yeah. Rats, and he goes as Rat Spawn because we just kind of it in just this day and age, you don't like to like reveal your significant others' names and stuff like that. That just kind of just the world is creepy, and I don't like it. So <laughs> it's true. I noticed actually with your uh, your podcast, you're not your podcast, your streams, your Twitch stream. I was actually watching this morning, last night. I was one of the lurkers uh, that you uh, mentioned at the nice. at the end there. Um, you go by JP. Can I say your full name yeah. or 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 not? Oh well, yeah, by all means, yeah. Like JP is actually it's just because it's my initials. Obviously, it's just it's been my nickname since I was a kid. So simple done right. <laughs> so this would be episode 39 with uh with you of course joel passante joel passant how am i saying it uh passante. Passante. You right okay, the first good time. i was practicing it all week i was like i got i, can't, I gotta get this right because i don't think i've ever actually said your a lot last of people name. really put the tag yeah everyone always forgets the tag because they just see a lot of passant i'm like well, well no well there's no accent italians don't put accents we don't we accentuate with our right. hands, but we don't put Unless you are right. so modernized that you have dropped the accentation 
accentuation mm-hmm. of that letter and then you become so north americanized that you are now just joel passant but you're not joel passante yeah, yeah, joel <laughs> jp passante joins me there you go Good. there we go uh so <laughs> it's been a while since we've uh we've seen each other probably we're going oh, on 12 God. years 14 15 years uh, i mean i haven't been back in winnipeg minimum for a few years but yeah, I, I haven't seen you sure, yeah. in person for a very mm-hmm. long time. So thank you for taking the time to uh, um, your early morning. Uh, your child is running around. <laughs> like said, I'm up, you up this early, early anyway. So <laughs> now up at 6 a.m. every day, sometimes five if he doesn't want to sleep. Wow. So <laughs> how is it being a father? Because I don't have kids. Uh, I mean, I don't I live in a studio uh, apartment and I'm the one getting up early, like I, at 630. Um. It's weird. Like, I never thought I would actually have kids. Like, you know, growing up, I, I wanted to have kids, you know, kind of makes sense. But then, like, when it actually happens, you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, like he, he was planned, you know, it wasn't like, oh, no, what happened? No, like, you were like, yeah, let's have kids. Okay. <laughs> like, she, but it's really, she didn't want to have kids for like ever. She's like, I don't want kids. I, kids are dumb. I hate kids. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it is what it is. <laughs> and then just one day she's just like, I want kids. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Do we have room? <laughs> like, <laughs> It wasn't one of the things I'm uh, pregnant, and then you're like, okay, I guess we're okay with kids now. Yeah, is that is that not how it normally happens with with girlfriends no, who become wise? People. I don't know. I haven't been in Canada a long time. Uh, it's 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 so different. So many and like some people I know is like you know they. Well, let's just talk about other people. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. No, I said, well, he's nine now. So, oh, oh my wow. God, where, what is time? I nine years old. Time okay. Like, I thought he was uh, still you're, like holding him like a football. <laughs> okay. Far from it. Far from it. And the so. reason, uh, I mean, uh, the reason I, I say that is because I was watching one of your YouTube videos, your last YouTube video, actually, wherein you say when oh, you had like a kid, three years it, it was, it was back in 2019. Yeah. And you said, well, when we had a kid, we, I, I had to focus on something. And so I just assumed that, you know, that was your transition point was from end of YouTube, start a family. But it sounds like you started a family many, many, many years before you, uh, yeah. before YouTube and before you ended the YouTube, I guess you could say. Yeah, so so essentially, uh, I started the YouTube in like 2015, I believe, 2015, 2016. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, because so like, so like, yeah, well, as you know me before from like the whole theater community, which is where we met. Yeah, Winnipeg Theater. A long time uh, ago. <laughs> yeah, I did it religiously. Like I did the Fringe every year. I produced my own shows every year. I edited people's shows. I n- not really a director. I don't like telling people what to do, but I like being like the one kind of behind the scenes being like, all right that works like you know like i love producing producing is fun uh the key to being a good producer is spending as little money as possible but still making the greatest product possible and i'm very good at that because i know how to negotiate um so then um so yeah we were doing shows doing shows and after i got married i kind of toned down a little bit uh so i was in 2010 uh so i kind of stopped doing fringe but i still did behind the scenes um things so like you know independent shows every now and then and then i signed up to do evil dead the musical in winnipeg uh, during its first run in 2013 uh which was awesome like we loved ever so yeah we started kind of producing it uh, getting it all done at the end of 2013 and while that was going on we found out hey we're pregnant okay well i guess uh this is going to be my last show for a while because to raise a family and to do theater it's it's just a physical impossibility 
Uh, so that was kind of my swan. Is it really? I, I don't know so, to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, it's it's a lot, especially for like my role as being like like the main guy behind the scenes. Okay, because you know, even from doing shows like you know rehearsal, rehearsal, no, rehearsal, rehearsal. Like you have your you know nine to five job, and then you rehearse, and then you go home and repeat, repeat, repeat. So it's like, uh, so yeah, I decided that that would kind of be it for a little while. And then I kind of made the decision, like, you know, like once he's old enough, I'll get back into the theater scene. So that could be any day now. Who knows? Because he is said he's almost 10. Uh, so we just, so I decided that that would be my last show. And then like half a year passed. So we're like now like late 2014, early 2015. And I'm just like, I am bored. <laughs> I am bored. As having hell. a kid doesn't excite so you like, enough. It did, but I still needed to be creative. So I decided, hey, you know what? A lot of people out there making YouTube videos. I guess I'll make some YouTube videos. Like I know I have a, I have a film background. I know a little bit about that stuff. So I decided, okay, what do I know about wrestling? Okay, let's do a wrestling YouTube. Uh, YouTube. So I started uh, Kayfabe Chronicles. And I did that for about three years. And I was miserable. Really? Absolutely freaking miserable. Uh, the internet wrestling community. And you can you can keep this in this podcast. I don't care. Are the worst humans known to man. They are horrible. Absolutely. What horrible. makes them so I bad? Admit, I met a lot. <laughs> I met a lot of great, like I met a lot of phenomenal, uh, like a lot of phenomenal podcasters. You too. I still talk to a lot of them because I still assist with some of their productions. Like, you know, like I'll still give them like tidbits and stuff to work with. Uh, I do a lot of voiceover work for a lot of them. Really? Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, but just horrible, horrible. Like, Okay, here's here's because like you, I don't know if you're familiar with yeah 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 you know wrestling a little bit. Grew up on it there's and grew up was there's different being told not to watch it. Groups, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's different brands, there's different companies, but guess what? You're not allowed to like more than one of them because if you do, you are. That's horrible. the old school mentality, isn't it? that's ECW versus WWF? It still exists. It still exists. Like like there's so many fickle fans out there where like me, I like all of it. Like put wrestling in front of me i'll watch it i don't care like it, it could be like two robots i don't give a shit it's gonna be awesome but but you're not allowed to like you know you can't like wwe wwf and AEW or new japan or ring of honor or imp you can't you know you're not allowed to like that and like and if you don't agree with another fan oh well i'm right you're wrong but like it's just wrestling like who cares like what you like 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 i'll admit like there's some wrestlers out there i don't like whatever if you cheer from i don't care Whatever you do, you. You've mentioned a lot of wrestling federations I've never heard of, uh, which was actually exactly. a surprise when I found out that there was more <laughs> than just the WWF and ECW back in the day. This is like early nineties, late eighties. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, and what I didn't realize is that like, well, Vince Vince McMahon played a huge role in this sort of development of. Mm. Uh, mainstream oh, yeah. pro wrestling, right? And one of the things he did is he united a lot of the stateside regional wrestling federations, I guess, mm -hmm. and put it into one or wrestling uh, associations. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't realize like Japan is huge. Europe has its own uh, circuit, oh, yeah. everything. I I'm, mean, yeah, there, there, there's the, the English league. Oh, yeah, it's phenomenal. Do you follow a lot of, can you call them niche? Are they small? What? How would you classify them? Uh, I mean, being that probably most people are familiar with the WWE, E as it is now, maybe not even mm -hmm. the ECW because uh, that's that goes back a while. Uh, ECW is like early nineties to late nineties, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia based. Well, it used to be Eastern Championship Wrestling, and then it became Extreme Championship yeah. Wrestling, and and now actually currently the um, 
the thing that would be closest to uh, ECW would be, I think it's GCW, I believe is what they're called. Like they're like the flat out, like, you know, barbed wire explosions, plain glass windows. And like me, I'm not a fan of deathmatch wrestling, which is what it's called. Like I, I enjoy blood. It's fun, but <laughs> it doesn't cater to me, but I'm not going to crap on you because you like right. it. Like I, I have a lot of friends who love it. I'm like, hey, cool, whatever, you know. But other people are like, no, you can't watch that. That's too violent. No, no I don't care. Uh, but yeah, it's funny that you echoed on Vince McMahon because yeah, he essentially kind of was the first guy. Because like back then, the different territories, those were the different leagues. Because yeah. you had like Georgia Championship Wrestling, you had Mid South, you had Smoky Mountain, you had the Northeast, uh, which is where that was Vince's. That's that was Vince Senior's league. Uh, you had the NWA. With, <laughs> I still laugh whenever I say NWA because I just think of the rest. So do I. But um, that was a uh, was the New Wrestling Association or what was it? I think it was like North. North okay, yeah. yeah. I, that I don't. For for me, with a guy with tons of wrestling knowledge, I actually don't know what it, people out there. If you know what it means, please let but me ND, know. My DMs was NWA just an association or was it? I remember it being a tag team group, wasn't it? Or who uh, was that? Well, it, it was it was an entire association because that's kind of where like Dusty Rhodes yeah. that was kind of his that that was his area was 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 the NWA and the NWA title is still around today. It is a beautiful belt <laughs> like that is one of the most gorgeous belts uh, in all of wrestling. But then but then he started poaching essentially, which was back then you weren't allowed to poach. Like you know you had your wrestlers, they had their contracts. They could kind of wrestle from territory to territory as like a trade agreement, but no, like he started like flashing the cash and taking as many people as he who's could. he, Dusty Rhodes or Vic? Uh, oh, okay. No, Vince. Yeah. Vince. Yeah, and then of course WrestleMania happened. Um, but we, we can get way more, more, more into it. But you know, we only got like an hour and a half. Well, that's today, what I was so. saying. <laughs> Is this going to be enough time for this? Uh, but uh, I mean, you said yes. Well, I mean, because if people want to find out more about it, you still have your YouTube videos up there uh, that you can that people can yeah. watch for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, it, wrestling is not something that really people talk about. At least not over here in China. It's not. It's not as big. I'm sure there's no. a Chinese China. It's not Japan. Huge yeah. Korea. Not sure, but China. Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. Uh, Japan. Well, China very small. There is a couple indie leagues here and there, but no, no. If from in your area, like where you're out, Japan, 100. percent like if you want wrestling, you go to Japan. Like New Japan is huge. Like like pfft, their shows are massive. Like when they when they sell the Tokyo Dome, it is insane. Really? <laughs> yeah, but but the thing that I love, like well, I didn't love, but like during COVID, like the fans, they were told like you can attend the shows, you're just not allowed to clap or what? cheer because that will stop so, the, the virus. It, it it was, but it was so interesting watching. Like they behave, they would just sit there <laughs> and just watch. And I'm just like, how are the performers doing this? Because like, because you know, as like a performer, if the audience is bad, you're you're not going to give your best performance. That like you can be Juilliard trained actor, like one of the most phenomenal actors in the world, but if the audience isn't reacting to what you're to the lines up, that you're dropping, your yeah. energies, <laughs> yeah, your energy just goes down, which is kind of which is funny because that's you know segue into my YouTube. That's kind of what happened with me, like. I did everything people told you to oh, stick to a normal schedule, post content, you know, consistently uh, network, uh, you know, go on other people's shows. I did all that shit. I posted three videos a week. I was consistent with my scheduling. I did variety. I did one thing. I did another thing. I went on other people's. And you had nice thumbnails and, and nothing. Yeah. I said, I put effort into my thumbnails and nothing. Like I said, so I did it for three and a half years. I had, 
there's well over 300 videos uh, well over yeah well over 300 yeah. videos i was just watching it this morning that's why i was uh that's why i know these numbers so yeah, fresh like in my no, mind nothing like so i think my highest video count was like a thousand views total yeah. and that's only because it was like a reaction yeah. video and and like somebody and like and you know i tried like you know live action stuff where i would you know right after a pay-per-view i'd go on and talk about the pay-per-view or i would do like a long form review where i would actually write the script and like edit it and you know shoot like you know different takes and like funny jokes in between and special effects and those would take months like some of those would take two to three months to put up no, nothing so <laughs> I, it was just you know originally i was like you know i'm not doing this just for the views you know i'm doing this because i'm having fun but eventually it just became not fun anymore. I was just like, yeah. And I also found myself that I was watching wrestling for the sole purpose of doing With the critical videos. eye of a, of a vlogger. Yeah, basically. so I'm like watching the match and taking notes and I'm not enjoying the match anymore because I'm literally like, okay, well, that, okay, all right. At four minutes, 38 seconds, this yeah. happened. And and I was just, and like even going to like friends' houses for like pay-per-views, they're like, like, what are you doing? I have like notebooks and out and like taking notes and I, I wasn't enjoying it as a fan anymore. <laughs> Oh, that's important because so if you don't, then yeah. what kind of show do you have at that? Yeah. So I also found too, like near the end, the quality also drops too because I just stopped caring. Like, it's just like, Whoa. have you thought uh, so about then, maybe if you didn't put so much effort into the production? Because I know, like, I, I hear what you're saying, and what a, I mean, you said the three and a half year mark, and I go for my this podcast, this big podcast, I call it the big cast. I've been doing this for <laughs> since 2020, April, 2020. But nice. um, I started out trying to do that once a week. And then it became like, well, once every two weeks, then it became once a month, then it became, fuck it, I can't do this. It's too stressful. And that's when I started interviewing people like talking to others. And it's now it's become like once every I try to do one a month, but it okay. might not happen. And even when I record these things, I put the date on it, but it might be weeks before uh, until it gets until, until it comes out. out. And I just that's why I don't edit it either. Like they're full length, just because like if I if I start oh, nice. to do full length everything's uh, or sorry if I tried to edit everything, it would take even longer. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. I, it's it's that would take the fun out of it. It, <laughs> would, it would sap all of the fun of talking to people, uh, getting the emotionality, if you will, uh, the topics, oh, yeah. and then the rawness of it. So I'm just like, just put it up there. I mean. <laughs> Who's going to listen to the whole thing anyway? Maybe three, four people. <laughs> uh, oh, <exactly>. So, um, <laughs> have you ever thought about like pulling your back, pulling yourself back on the production side of it? Well, things? well, if you actually watch the order of the videos, the first ones that came out were the high production right. ones, and then as it went on, I was like, okay, maybe I just yeah, I shouldn't put as much effort into it, and yeah, just just nothing out of it. Uh, like I might go back to do it again one day, but. You know, it's just like, eh. I, I really like what I'm doing now. So, like, ironically, one of the guys I used to work with, uh, he was streaming on Mixer. Um, So, oh, that one. Dead Program doesn't, oh, okay. yeah, it doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, it was bought out by, uh, so initially when they first came out, uh, Ninja went over to Mixer. Like, you know, the, the big, you know, the big streamer Ninja, like, went over there. And it's like, oh, my God, it's like the new platform that's going to kill Twitch and all that stuff. And a lot of people jump ship to, to Mixer. Uh, and then my buddy, yeah, like he was on there and he said like, hey, like, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, you used to do YouTube videos. Do you play video games? Well, I'm like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Well, how about you try like on Mixer? And, you know, he showed me some of his videos. OK, that kind of looks fun, but I, I don't really got a good computer, though. I can't really stream like high end games. And then bing, light bulb appeared in my head. Well, 
shit, I, I do have a capture card. I could just plug my Nintendo in because <laughs> I'm pretty sure like my computer could handle like shitty old Nintendo games. And there you go. <laughs> so I became a retro streamer because I enjoy retro games. Like I, I don't have any new. Are systems. you actually using heart, the NES for the, those streams? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. It depends on the okay. title. Um, so like yesterday with Mario RPG, no. Because uh, I don't own, I'm not a billionaire. I don't own Mario RPG. Uh, but yeah, like, well, here, here's a prime example. Like, I, uh, I play this every now and then. I've got a copy of Sh- Cappy. I got a copy of Shadowgate, which is not super okay. rare. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, here. So right now, due to space, I just have my PlayStation 2 and my N64 plugged in uh, to the system. But I can swap them out anytime. But yeah, like, if I own the cartridge, I'm going to use yeah. the real hardware. And they still sure, work. 100%. And they so yeah yeah I take care of, I open these I clean these I take I take care of these, uh, but that's the benefit is like you know there's a lot of great titles out there that you can emulate and I blame Wada for all this. Who's Wada? Like the video game grading company. Uh, it's the video game grading company. Um, the retro market used to be kind of you know if you wanted to buy an old game you could they weren't super expensive. Now people started sending in their video games to get graded. And for some weird reason, putting a game in a plastic case so you can never play it ever again with a little sticker telling you how pretty it is oh, makes it worth like a thousand right, times more. Okay. I, I don't understand. So there's some titles out there, which was well, so like Mario RPG prime example. It's a, if you want like a crappy copy is $150. <laughs> uh, my all time favorite game earthbound. You're, you're, you're looking almost a thousand dollars for like a, like a pristine copy. And it's just, there's just to be a retro game player, like it's impossible. Like you, like old games should not be worth more than new games. <laughs> like, there's, I guess, there's something yeah. to be said about that. I, I'm a part of a uh, some yeah. of these Facebook groups, uh, it's like Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and NES Classic and stuff like that, oh, and yeah. uh, they post the prices of the cartridges. Uh, and I think the gold mine is when there's like um. Uh, like there's a garage sale or someone's throwing something out and they're like, oh my God, I found the yep. original nest with packages and everything. Like those are the gold mines. Yep. But usually when you go to these uh, these stores, these retro stores or the collectible stores, the, the, the cartridges are in the hundreds of dollars or eBay, especially. Because well, okay, they know the value. Um, the retro market here in Winnipeg is impossible because there's a lot of us. Like there's a ton of us. I have never found anything at a yard sale or value village or anything because these guys, that's their job. <laughs> they don't have real jobs. No, like, like, I'm not even, like, if they see, like, there's this one guy, I'm not going to say his name. He'll drive around and he'll, on a Wednesday, he'll see like a garage sale coming up on the weekend. Oh, he'll go to that house on the Thursday. Hey, uh, I'm not going to be in town this weekend. What are oh, you selling? No and he'll snag up all the video game stuff, but before the garage sales, even that's happen. clever. Give it to him but- because he'll actually offer he'll offer them a little bit more than what they were going right to sell on. it for. <laughs> but a lot of these people don't know the price of it. A lot of them don't know the price. Like you know, like you know, oh, NES games. You know, oh, my son moved away to college. I'm selling his old games. Oh, wow. And mom, that, and that's how these people get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how these people get some of these games. Uh, and then, like a good friend of mine, uh, he's a fair garage sale guy. Actually, if you want to check him out uh, on YouTube, it's Team G team Sale. Team uh, So Team Team Garage Sale. So Team, team G, G Sale. Sale. His name's Matt. Okay. I went to high school. I'm a phenomenal guy. Like he's fair. He's honest. I've dealt with him a couple times for trading. Uh, he actually owns a complete Wii collection. He has every single Wii game ever produced, including like overseas titles. Wow. And that that took him a couple of years to get. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, 
But yeah, like he he had a, this amazing score a couple of weeks ago to garage sale and he filmed the whole thing like he went there because he always goes with like a GoPro and just a stack of video games on a table for like two what? bucks. And he got like, oh, Mega, yeah, yeah, he got like Mega Man one bubble bubble, like phenomenal titles. And I was just like, like, you have horseshoes in your butt, <laughs> my man. But I said he goes to the garage sales fair and square. He doesn't pull shady crap like like he he he's in it for like honest stuff like you know like but this is also kind of his side job is he's also a flipper right. as well too evil can, can they can you make decent coin flipping these games oh yeah yeah like so some of them yeah i say like two well there you go he buys mega man for two dollars you can sell that one for like 150 right. and people will buy i know there's the old saying something's only worth as much as if you're willing to pay for it in the video game market, people are willing. To I I almost think that I'm almost at that age where I'd buy that thing. But the problem with a, a guy like me is like, yeah, I'll pay 150 dollars yeah. for a cartridge. Is that I might get suckered, and I don't like that idea. So I want to what I yeah. what I tend to do if I'm ever looking at collectibles is I sort of verify the seller or the retailer, make sure that they like yeah. you find the some reviews about whether or not they're providing any good stuff, good stuff. Honest, they're yeah. honest, because uh, I mean, if they're pr- providing oh. shady stuff, that's going to pop up at some point, right? There's no way that you can game oh, the yeah. internet for as long as you need to keep a shady business uh operational at least with retro games so uh but uh yeah well also too there's a lot of counterfeiting out there tons of counterfeiting <laughs> luckily like a lot of the collectors we know what to look for uh like a lot of them too like like well like when you go to like a store to sell them your collection they'll they'll sit there and they'll check every really? game like they'll open up every cartridge they'll they'll check the discs like yeah, so like like a big prime example, you know, like just because it's the only title I have uh, currently here because I've been playing this one. A lot of times, like, yeah, it's just that little, nin- you can't really see because little late, but just like the actual little Nintendo, right. the way it's stamped into the package. Okay. Because um, that font really doesn't exist anymore. Um, so it's like like the way that I, because a lot of, because on the actual Nintendo, I believe it's a square uh, above the eye. Yeah, it kind of looks like a square where other people will stamp it as a regular eye with like a circle. Oh, okay. Um, the way the screws line up, the kind of screws they use. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of the times though, like yeah, they'll they'll crack the game open and they'll check the circuit board because you can tell an original circuit board from a from, from a modification circuit board. Very right. Easily. I've yeah. seen on some of these SNES um, uh, forms that uh, they take a look at the because some of the, the batteries burn out or the batteries die, like the those yeah. game the cartridges as much. When saving your game became the thing, yeah, it's like no one. Yeah. I, maybe they didn't think of it, but like it, it those those batteries, those little five volt batteries, basically had a thirty year yeah, like little circle a lifetime or something like that, twenty five. And so those are like the one part that they'll accept being replaced because it's yeah. uh, you, you have to in order to play the original cartridge. You, you, well, we, well uh, actually, ironically, this game here is is a save uh, feature. I always remember you could tell because the back would have a gold stick. Oh, really. Yeah, See, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And it would, it would, it would let you know, hey, when you're turning this off, you have to hold reset when you turn the power off because you could short out the battery. <laughs> okay. And like as a kid, you didn't, as a kid, you didn't know you're like, oh, why is my game deleted? Yes, that, yes. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, like you know, like many years later, it came out like you know where you know, like, you know, the good old memory cards where you could fit thousands of games on these little PlayStation memory cards. Uh, this is a PS2 memory card, which is my newest PlayStation is a PS2, which I said, I don't own new systems. My newest system is a Wii U, and we only bought it because the wife wanted the new Mario Kart. That's, that's the it. only reason why we got a Wii Does U. your wife play video yeah. games as much that's as you do? That's all we use it for is literally Mario Kart. 
Does, so does your wife play video games as much as you do? You, you do? No, God, no, God, no. Uh, she likes she likes racing games though. So like snowboard kids, she loves snowboard kids. Uh, Mario, yeah, Mario Kart, that's her jam. And like Mario Party, like she likes big multiplayer fun right. games. Um, and then my 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 son, he actually he likes Mario Kart too. Mario Kart's like his go to as well too. So he's I've slowly been training him. I've slowly been getting him into games. And then me, I'm more like I, I love platformers. Like side scroller platformers and, and RPGs, those are like my my two yeah. jams. That's pretty neat though. So when you watch the channel, you notice that's what I play most of. Or, or well, I've been watching you play uh, Mega Man three or Mega Man. 2. I saw some of Mega Man two <laughs> and Mega Man three, and yeah, when you yeah. say that you're a terrible yeah. gamer, I couldn't help but agree because I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> but I remember playing these games, and I like I don't play video games now because I don't have any patience for them. Uh, I mean, yeah. the way that you deal with defeat is so much better than I deal with defeat, even in the video game world. So kudos to you for having <laughs> such patience. Well, I think the biggest issue with me is if is because I have ADHD. You can tell right now as we're talking, I'm looking. I'm all like, whoa, plastic bag. Like I'm looking all over the place. Um, for me, my biggest thing that I want to do when I'm streaming is I don't care if I beat the game. I could give a rat's butt if I beat the game. I just want the people to be entertained. <laughs> so I will talk the entire time to the people. So when I'm talking, I don't know what's going on. I'll be like, hey, oh, and you'll notice that. Like if like if I'm to actually just sit down and focus on a game, yes, I can beat it. But it's the whole like talking and keeping engagement with the people in front of you while you're trying to gain is what's really hard. And then but then and that. That's kind of the thing is like when you watch a lot of streamers, you'll see that the streamers that are interacting with the people, they're the ones that are dying the most. Right. But then it's like those hardcore focused ones that are just like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they beat the game, but there's no interaction whatsoever. But yet they still have like 18,000 viewers. Do, like so that. do people prefer the interaction or like watching how someone actually beats a game? It It, it depends. It depends. Like. Like some people do, some people like me personally. I I like to interact. Like if they're interacting with the crowd, great. Like me, I don't. If they beat the game, great. You know that's awesome. But if not, oh well, life goes on. You know, we'll just beat again next right. time. And you only play for uh, an and hour. Was I was actually surprised. Is this like a yeah. a wife instantiated time limit or? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's not a wife instantiated time limit. It's a um. So so with with our kid, um, <laughs> oh, so it's, it's well, no, well, no, no, uh, like <laughs> it's being a parent. I just like how. Uh, how how can I word this correct? Uh, uh, he uh, he is on the autism spectrum, so so I can't really dedicate to like even now if something happens, I gotta right. go. Like you know that's kind of thing. So like I don't want to dedicate to a long stream in case something happens. All right. Like if they're not home, you'll notice there's a couple streams in there that were like two three hours. Yeah, those are the ones when they weren't <laughs> home. <laughs> uh, but but also too, it's 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 also my ADHD and my anxiety as well too. Like. You know, like, I think it's just like the uh, the imposter syndrome in me, you know, like, am I doing good? Like, you know, like something will kind of come into me midway through, like, am I actually entertaining these people? Oh, my God. Ah! And then I get all sweaty and it's just disgusting. And yeah. Well, I uh, but yeah, like I, I also prefer just like an hour because because like I got a lot on the go all the time. Like, like when I'm not streaming, I'm working on other projects. Like I said, you know, I'm editing people's scripts. I'm working on D&D stuff. I'm. Uh, being a dad hanging out with the wife like you know i, I don't want to dedicate you know like 
my entire night to streaming because you know what does it say about me well it's good though i mean when i saw that you only had an hour-long stream first of all i'm like okay that's doable for me i could watch at least some of this Uh, number two i was like that's actually a decent amount you only commit a certain amount of time and then you're like you're done so the only you don't just keep on going one more one more one more life one more 10 more minutes one more time you know one more try because one more try it's like civilization where it's one more try could be another six hours of your your evening sort of thing and and that's another thing too is like me as like you even said like you know it's the attention thing like you know people listening to your podcast like are they going just as a person you have two choices oh this one's an hour this one's six hours (laughs) (laughs) yep but but it's kind of funny like with a with a movie like with a movie oh that movie's three and a half hours i can't watch that Ooh, but i just binge watched this entire season of a tv show that took 22 like The TV shows are people. paced differently, and at least they're only fifty-one they, minutes they are, or like yeah. fifty. Or no, what? What's the running time? Forty-one minutes. So it's not just—it's not uh, a full hour, yeah. right? The, and that's the yeah. So and, and you don't see it, and the, and a lot of times an episode ends with a cliffhanger. So you're like, oh, I have to see what's next. Yeah. I personally think movies have gotten too long. The the Marvel Universe thing—I've I'm fed up with them. They're three-hour epics. I'm going this is too much. Like, I think, and for me personally. There's got to be a return mm-hmm. to the 90 minute time limit. 90 minutes, that's it. Make them double features, but make them two different films, 90 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it, for, for me, it depends on the genre. Like an action movie, okay, two hours and under, okay, fine. Uh, three, hour, three hours is a lot <sighs> for a lot of movies, but like a comedy, comedy, 90 minutes and under, all right? <laughs> that's like, all you need. Like Judd Apatow, <laughs> I love you. You're a phenomenal director. Why is 40-year-old virgin two and a half hours? <laughs> Why? Explain to me how you could take this one joke, which is what the movie is based off of, one joke, and spread it across I two didn't and realize hours. it was two and a half but hours. Yet, and how many scenes do you remember anyway from it. that movie, right? The, the the removal of the chest hair, I think that's the big one. <laughs> uh, the, the chest hair, Seth Rogen just taking his shirt off at the end with that girl in the hot tub. Hey, I'm Cal. <laughs> What's up? And uh, and that uh, the East Indian guy that he works with, where he's like, give her the alligator fuck house, and that's pretty much it. Those are the three scenes where I'm like, okay, cool, we got this. <laughs> but it's so unnecessary. About, and I like Steve Carell. I think Steve Carell's freaking hilarious. But I'm just like, and go figure. You can binge watch six episodes of The Office very quickly. But I mean, that's still only two hours, right? I mean, it's 21 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. And that that show is funny though. The, that that pacing was that, oh, beautiful, wonderfully done. I, I'm a very I'm very pro cast. Cast matters. Cast matters 100 percent Two of my favorite films, one of them gets a lot of recognition, and the other one a lot of people have never even heard of. So the first one is Clue. Phenomenal movie based off the board game. Uh, you know, it's like Tim Curry's in it, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Madeline Kahn's in it, uh, Eileen Brennan, like just phenomenal cast. But they work so well with each other. Like like they're they're just constantly zinging off of one another, and like that's what makes that movie so funny. Then there's another movie called Noises Off. Uh, it's it's got Carol Burnett, John Ritter, Christopher Reeve, uh, Michael Caine, like pretty star-studded cast. A lot of people have never even heard of it. Uh, so the premise of that one is it's like a traveling theater troupe, and they're putting on a show. But during that show, everything known to man goes wrong. But they're just dealing with it as it's going on. And once again, they're just working so well off. Like, I'm very just pro when the cast works together. It's ensemble, I guess. Like, I don't like one man show. Yeah, ensembles. Like, it comes down to the whole thing, you know. And then there's like other things where it's like, well, he's really good. What about everyone else? (laughs) Um, 
you like you don't really remember which is why i think the office worked as a show because everyone was really good with each other even the new members as they got fed into the the script later on as as the show kind of Mm -hmm. kept on going Mm -hmm. uh and i thought i thought it was funny when uh ricky gervais was doing his one of his golden globe spectacular introductions was talking about how steve carell decided to leave the office and he's like yeah and you just took our entire paycheck with you sort of thing (laughs) you've destroyed the whole series by leaving not the entire series but i mean that was like episode uh, season nine or ten i can't remember which one but yeah it but well and here's the thing is like like i was originally like on board to like oh it's gonna be dumb i'm not it, it's still carried on like i i like andy as a character but him taking over the lead role i was like uh, like like he he wasn't the right choice as the new leading yeah. guy but it was still funny but i i like because yeah as the show got because originally when it first came out it was like you know like michael dwight jim like you know like they were always in the forefront and then you kind of saw a little bit of kevin you kind of saw a little bit of angela and phyllis and stanley but then as the seasons went on they became more prominent and i loved that i loved like kevin is great kevin is brilliant like like stanley frick like i just like he's just a grumpy old ass (laughs) like he just hates everything but it's so funny because he delivers everything just with like that deadpan look on his face and creed like creed is just so good like such a good show uh, like office wasn't even on our docket to talk about i like this i like they were just kind of woo office <laughs> well we're talking about the office but uh, spending yeah. money on production because you spent a, a quite a bit of money on uh getting yourself set up you, so you bought lights microphones camera how much did you spend what kind of camera did you get because i am interested uh okay. and was it worth it to sort of make that jump okay so uh kind of interesting story. so when i first started out i actually I didn't really have a proper webcam. Um, uh, So what I was using was like an old Canon, like not even like an XLR, like, like it's not XLR, XLR is microphones. Um, Like one of them fancy ass Canon. I don't know. I forget what they're called. I was using like just this ghetto one that like connected with like an S video port, like just horror. Like I, if, if you actually watch like my older YouTube videos, you can see that camera. So you'll actually see about midway through when the audio, when the video switches, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so I was using that. But yeah, like when I first started streaming, I actually already had the new webcam. So what I'm using, it's a uh, Logitech, I think it's a 920, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a little low grade now, but back at the time it was like S tier. It was like top of the line, but this is like three years old now. So it's a yeah. little outdated. As for the microphone, it, it's kind of a, a fun story but it's also a sad story i actually inherited the microphone <laughs> oh okay uh so so my buddy dan uh actually he used to do fringe as well too he was uh not not dan walchuk uh dan shandrowski rest in peace uh yeah he did like a lot of fringe but he worked in the radio industry he actually worked for um when he passed away he was with bob fm i believe if i'm not mistaken oh, wow. like he wasn't okay. an on-air personality like like he was a behind the scenes producer <laughs> uh but but he he did a lot of like voice work and a lot of stuff like that. So when he passed away, uh, his parents kind of like, you know, let us, you know, pick through his stuff. Cause, cause they didn't want to, you know, obviously kind of, and like, I came across the microphone and I was like, well, Joel, you like, you're, 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 you're that guy. Like you're the theater guy. You, you should take his microphone. And I was like, yeah, you know, why not? But then it just kind of sat there and I didn't really use it. Cause like, it's, it's a, 
you need phantom power to work it. Like it's an actual OG, like a lot of like, you know, Yeti mics, you just plug in good to go. Like, no, like this is an actual professional microphone where you have to run it through. You have to run it through a board. Which <laughs> which one is it? Uh, the specific microphone, it's a Tascam LD74. So it's, it's wow. a pretty old, it's about 10 years old. Like it's a pretty old microphone. I can uh, say it's a gorgeous sounding microphone. There we go. <laughs> In that little break that we had, I was listening to the audio, and I'm thinking my voice is coming across very tinny right now. I'm like, I'm going to have to boost the low end at the uh, post production. (laughs) But uh, no, your voice is uh, sounding very good. And on your your Twitch streams, this is this is the microphone that you use for all your live streams and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a very sounding microphone. Why don't you use it? No, this is garbage. Do not use this. this oh, the head. Is, yeah. No, these, that's these that's the shit. lie. You're, you're living a lie by having the headset on. <laughs> uh, I only have this just for this. Like I said, if, if I could have it coming through speakers, I, I wouldn't even use these. Right. Um, and then I have a little two channel Behringer mixer. Um, so pretty much all, all it's really used for is just capturing the microphone. Uh, so I have two inputs. So it's the microphone goes through it and the uh, computer and the PC. tower goes through it so i can get the game audio because i have the so if i'm streaming directly off the computer with an emulator yeah that comes through the pc and then i have my elgato hd60 capture card you spent money on that one uh funny story about that one oh Uh, you got that one for free too (laughs) that 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 was a gift that was a gift from my uh from my from my viewers (laughs) oh wow yeah so a lot of them a lot of them yeah patched together because i was using an old an old streaming card like 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 a ghetto ass usb plug it into the back yep like the type. RC, <laughs> with the rca like so it's, it's fine but but then they were like yeah, so yeah so they uh, they pitched together and got me an hd60 so it's like hd that's Ooh, fantastic fancy. that's good to hear. Uh, yeah so so then the pc runs through that and then that runs directly into the obs which runs on so it's kind of like a loop uh loop thing uh but the cool thing about this 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 little two mixer is i could actually plug in like an xlr microphone which is what this is in i can also plug in a quarter inch uh which is what guitars uh and stuff use so i i can actually plug in my guitar to this i can plug in my bass to this and it will record decently um not not the best because it's only a one channel on that where if you're doing like an instrument you want to have a couple channels going in through it usually yeah. you have to capture all the different oh you know you're you're, you're a musician as well so um i've so gone I, digital man i yeah, people like i still call myself a, a, a drummer but uh i now have an ipad pro and i'm like it's very difficult for me to justify ever getting a drum kit uh i have uh, them in winnipeg still but um those might be gone heart. it breaks uh, doesn't break my heart it saves my brain and my bank my brain and allows me to be far more productive than i ever was with just a drum kit and no one complains about the noise well yeah me like so like i I still have my drum i still have the same set of drums from from my you know uh, pwr days Uh, i still the same kit that roman gave me as a gift yeah roman (laughs) i actually told him that i was doing this with you and he's like oh okay but has roman since got on social media or at all got nope. a, any sort nope. of digital electronic nope. products that uh we can contact him no they, they, uh, he's no out. if you want to get a hold of roman you have to either text him or or dm his wife <laughs> or, or dm <laughs> <laughs> yeah roman is still anti and it's funny, actually roman lives right by me like roman lives maybe like a 10 10 minute car ride five like 10 minute car ride 20 minute walk 
Right. So, so I actually see him quite often. I, I mean, me and Will actually hang <laughs> out quite a bit. So uh, he's he's one of two guys I know who ha- who sort of swore off social media, yeah. <laughs> and like I am so much on the on the flip side of it. I appreciate the you know being of the type of going. You know, I'm not doing not going to do this. I'm not going down the rabbit hole. On the other side, like you and me, you uh, trying to make a gig of it. Basically, yeah. Uh, it's it's very hard. Uh, at what point do you say enough is enough at which platforms are important? Because you look at the bigs, the people who made it yeah. huge, they didn't have all the platforms that they do today, no. right? They do, they publish on them now because they have marketing people working for them. But back in the day, it was like content was supreme. And then it spread out to the, uh, the to the content channels afterwards. It, it's so fun. Cause like YouTube has <clears throat> been around for a long time. Like YouTube has been around for, 15 plus if i'm not mistaken for sure but it's changed and it's easier yeah. to use it's easier but that's <laughs> things like those so that's another reason like i i'll admit like i i jumped onto the platform too late like it, i think if i would have started when youtube first came out yeah i'd probably be some because you watch a lot of those like big time youtubers you watch some of those old videos they're they're horrible but you watched them because they were fun um, <laughs> yes but like like now now kind of echoing back to like you know like the whole twitch thing now there's a new program out called Kick, uh, and then once again it's going to be uh, so. Uh, so okay, Kick like K I K the the yeah, one that uh, all K-I-K, the um, K-I-C-K. Oh, okay not, not uh, but, the um, special friends app. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, so how I ended up on Twitch actually is uh, you know going to backtrack a little bit is Mixer actually got bought out uh, by Facebook Gaming, and okay. it came out of nowhere nowhere like they flat out said like hey you have one month left on this platform we're like wait what <laughs> so a bunch of us uh jumped so like out of our retro group um uh, about 95 percent of us went to went to twitch a lot of them were on twitch previously and then they went over to mixer when mixer came out because it was the new thing yeah and about five percent stayed on facebook gaming and facebook gaming's crumbled like it's it's a dead medium like i i looked there? at it, it's still there, but it's impossibly hard to use. Like it is not user friendly. Like you need like an electronic engineering PhD to figure this thing out. Uh, so then a lot of us stayed on on Twitch, but now Kick has come out, which is this brand new thing, and a lot of the group is now going over to Kick. Main reason why is because they're they're promising. Oh, it's a ninety five five percent payout where the creators keep ninety five percent and we'll only take five percent. Okay, that's cool for right now. Because you guys only have a couple stream. What happens when everybody goes over? And now you guys have to start expanding your servers, expanding your bandwidth. Is that 5% going to pay for all that? Probably not. No. So now they're going to take that little 95, 5% contract and switch it over to what Twitch is doing, which is a 50-50. Yeah. Like, all my, like everyone's only gone because, oh, they're paying us more money. That's the only reason why everybody's jumped out. Like, I, I went on there. They just start out like there's not a lot to do. Like it, it's very hard. Like, like the the way that you stream yourself. Like, like there's a lot of fun things that you can do on Twitch that you can't do on Kick yet. Like eventually they'll probably get there. But I, I just think that the that this little carrot that they're dangling is just it's too good to be true. Because I, right. I, I guarantee within about a year and a half, when they realize that they cannot afford to pay this ninety five percent. They're going to change that contract pretty darn quick. So. It sounds like, yeah, no. It's, if it sounds too good to be true, I mean, how many of these platforms have you seen come and go over the last coming, exactly over, over the last year, over the last three years? Oh, tons. The, the one I've, that I've, I've, I've 
the one I, I've seen that Beagle is the one that I was yeah. uh, sort of going on because <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think that actually David David Zealous, uh, you know David as well, so yeah. he's on there uh, and he was talking to me about it because uh, it's a Chinese company or Singaporean yeah. or something like that, and I was looking at it and just going, I just can't see how <laughs> this is a viable sort of thing yeah. for me to do but he makes a go of it he's he's doing yeah. okay with it as far as i know uh but uh i'm going if i had one hour per night to spend would mm. this be the hour on the platform that i'd want to put it on yeah and 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 that's the thing is like you know so many things have come like it's like any medium that's ever come out you know, like like wwe you know all these leagues have come in they're the wwe killer and like right now AEW, like oh they're gonna put them at no they're not you know how much money <laughs> vince mcmahon has like, come on. Like, he doesn't care. He's like, oh, no, you have higher viewers than us. No. I'm just counting my billions. Like, I really don't give a shit. Now he is. He wasn't always like that. He doesn't always, yeah. it didn't always have the cash. He made the yeah. WWF into oh, the, yeah. the, the, um, the big thing that it is. As, as much of a horrible human he is, like, I'll bet he's, he's not. But most guys from that era, though, were. Like, they were sexist race like that's just the way the world that's just the way guys were back then and like he hasn't evolved from that um but without him wrestling wouldn't be like one i 100 agree without vince and and hulk hogan as much as it hurts me on the inside to say this because i hate hulk hogan with a fiery passion i know <laughs> i know even as a kid i didn't like hulk hogan i liked the bad guys Why? i was a weird i was a weird child Million Dollar Man was my favorite wrestler growing up. Million Dollar Man. Is he still alive? Ted DiBiase? Uh, Ted DiBiase is he... still alive, yeah. Uh, okay. But he is going under a couple legal issues at the moment so that we will not discuss. Um, Probably with women or lawsuits. No, no uh, it's actually uh, insurance. Uh, sorry, not uh, tax uh, tax stuff, which is funny because he was the Million Dollar Man, even though that wasn't right. his money. That was no, Vince's no, it wasn't, money. wasn't his money uh, at all. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so there's two people that you hate, three people that you hate. Vince McMahon. No, you don't hate Vince McMahon. You hate Hulk Hogan and you hate uh, Uncle Joe. Oh, oh Grandpa Joe. Grandpa, Grandpa Joe. Joe. <laughs> and I was okay, watching so one of your Grandpa streams uh, and I was like, who's this Grandpa Joe? Because I've seen your, your posts on Facebook going, who is this guy? And well, it's Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Charlie Factory, Chocolate. right? Okay. And is that the like the old movie that, that you keep on sending all these memes from? Yeah. What's the story here? <laughs> okay, so um so as a kid, like I love Roald Dahl. He's like my favorite one of my favorite authors. He was not a very good person either. Like once you got older, you're like, oh, oh, he did a lot of bad things too. Uh so, like, as a kid, I watched Charlie Track of Chocolate. It never dawned on me. Like, I was like, okay, Grandpa Joe. But then as I got older and took film classes and, like, actually understand, like, story structure, it dawned on me that, like, Grandpa Joe's a piece of shit. Like, he's a horrible person. Okay, so. Why? Well, what's, what's so horrible about him? He doesn't contribute. He's pretty much, like, he sits in bed all day. Like, I get he's old. I understand. Like, you know, old people need their rest. Uh you know, he probably contributed a lot to society when he was younger, but he doesn't do anything like he sits in there, doesn't contribute like they're poor. So he doesn't contribute anything. But then but then like Charlie's like, oh, I got a golden ticket. And he's like, oh, skibbly dibbly do. I can do stuff now. And then like the entire time when they're at the chart, the chocolate factory, he's trying to like influence Charlie to do bad things and horrible things. So like 
in, in reality, like Grandpa Joe is the villain. Like he doesn't like, contribute innocently. To the I mean, he's he, is he the one who encourages them to st- drink the bubble fluid or whatever? Is yep. the, the yes, bubble it, juice? Yes, he is. Yes, okay. he is. But I mean, it's all part of the you know the grandpa. Uh, can you say it? license I, 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 the I, old aged license of like this won't kill you. Uh, grandchild. I mean, this will but this will help you grow as a boy. Um, but but yeah, no, so, I so, so just out of nowhere, I just I just found some Grandpa Joe memes one day, and I was like, "Yeah, he's horrible." And then I just went, I just posted it as a joke, just to see if like anyone would like react to it. And some people did. So now every Sunday, I post how much I hate Grandpa. In reality, I don't hate Grandpa Joe. He's just he's just not the best. But then on on my Twitch stream, I actually have one of my cash in redemptions. Yes, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so I took with my video editing skills because I'm just so awesome. I, I took the scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where he's singing "I Got a Golden Ticket," and then uh, in Cabin in the Woods when the guy's yelling at the the kids, telling them to go fuck themselves. I just kind of crossed them together. Oh, that's where that quote's from. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering which one that one is. That in the woods, brilliant movie, brilliant movie. By the way, like Don't if think you I've like horror, oh, put that on your list. Put that on your list. It's it's an homage to like a lot of the great nineteen eighties horror movies, but it's done in a really fun and creative way. <laughs> uh, I haven't. Plus, I it's haven't got Chris Hemsworth it. in it. I mean, come I think on. The last horror, horror movie that I was like, that's a decent movie. Paranormal Activity was a, the last horror movie. I was like, that's that was well done. The first, the first one was one. really well done. The first and then one. after that, you're like, well, they're still making them, aren't they? Yeah, you're just like, why? Why are we still doing this? It's the like second so- one, I think it was like a, a gimme. And there was another one, but um, the one Same with, with the, the ring, uh, the ring was good. Uh, yeah, like the first even like the Western really version, good. the Western, the first yeah. Western version was decent. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there was another one with uh, who's the the uh, uh, is it the doll? That's uh, not not Chucky. I'm talking like oh, modern Anna, Annabelle. Annabelle. That one was kind of creepy. The first one was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another another horror movie that I think is brilliant. Uh, so they made two cuts of it. It's called The Descent. Uh, uh, so yeah, I've heard this one. Yeah, there's the UK cut, so the English cut. Then there's the North American. Don't take the North American cut, burn it, throw it away. Does not exist. The UK cut is terrifying. Plus, it has Why? the original. What did they change? Um, so the North American one, they changed the ending. Uh, they made it more wholesome. <laughs> That's important. And, yeah, okay. more wholesome and family friendly. Um, so the entire, pre- I don't want to give away too much, but the whole premise is that it's a bunch of cave spelunkers. So they go into a cave. So the UK cut, it's dark. Like, like so you can hear stuff. You can slightly see things, but you don't really know what's going on a lot of times because it's it's like they purposely make it Like dark. the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, so there's like a little bit of light. The American cut, they turn the gamma way up so you can see like little subtle things in the background and it's... The, it changes the atmosphere big time. And like me, I like the unknown, like the original Jaws. I like that you can't see the shark. Like, yeah. I don't want to know what the monster looks like. I like the big reveal at the end. Like, I'm, I'm all about the reveal when it comes to horror movies. Um, so I, I think just by them changing the ending and making it more family friendly and just seeing the various, you know, spooky things in the movie, it's just, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, if you can find the UK cut, strongly recommend it. Very well, good. the real horror story is all the social media out there, let me tell you. <laughs> it? I, actually, this is one thing that uh, uh, I remember my my mother criticizing me whenever I was watching these types <laughs> of movies. Uh, and then I know as a as a filmmaker, what, there's like three there's three types of intro movies that you can make if you're going to make a feature yeah. film. It's horror, comedy, and love. 
Right. And out of those, love would be the hardest to pull off. Comedy is decent enough, but it's got to be good comedy. But horror was easy. Take four kids, not children, but teenagers, put them in the, the woods, chop them up. That's basically the script that I was told yep. to do if you're going to make a, a feature film, which is why you see a lot of horror films as first films from these directors is because it's, it's just the easiest thing to do. Uh, horror, uh, 100%. I fully agree. Like I said, like, like both of us, we have very similar training. Yeah, one horror. Or, yeah, like cookie cutter. Group of kids, all, all four of them have to have like a specific character trait. So you have to have the smart guy, the jock, the idiot derpy dude, and like the innocent girl. Oh, and a five. And yeah, you have to have the hope. You have to have like like the like the, the saucy lady. You have to have her in there too. You have to kill them off in a certain order. And it's funny because we were just talking about Cabin in the Woods. That's kind of a hidden joke in Cabin in the Woods. So I'm not going to reveal too much about it. <laughs> but yeah, you throw them in the woods and you chop them up. Done. Like maybe throw a demon in there. Maybe throw a cult. Like uh, always classic. I mean, I was actually uh, in. I, I was thinking, debating of getting back into filmmaking. Oh, Toying with the idea. Uh, and I, and the one thing that sort of holds me back is like, it's got to be good, the decent quality. It's got to be a good script, good story. But yep. every time I kind of look around, I'm going, it's not that hard to shoot a film. I mean, and do you really even need a script? You need a bunch of scenes that can kind of be spliced together. And you just turn down the lights. If you're making a horror film, especially the religious ones, those are easy. I mean, you you can have a book in a dark room and some chanting in Latin. And there you go. That's creepy. I mean, <laughs> just chat and don't even have it Latin. Make it sound like Latin. Like Make it sound like Latin. Put it backwards. Who knows? I mean, just use Esperanto. No one knows that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and, and like for me, like uh, for a movie, like a script is always number one for me. Like the story, story dialogue is always number one for me. Like it can look you can put all the money into freaking cinematography, special effects. But if the dialogue is trash, I'm out. Which is why it just bugs me and it pains me. And hot take, Avatar is a crap movie and I will stand by it. I will stand on that hill forever. I don't, everyone I know who saw it, I was like, what? Oh, well, the 3D was really good. Yeah, that's not, that's and, all it was. Anything else? No. Well, no, so he, he, he built everything for it. They, I think James Cameron is known for like pushing him and George Lucas yeah. He's the modern sort of George Lucas of the people who literally move the entire industry forward yeah. to a new standard because they yeah. create the technology that looks so cool that when new people make movies, their friends ask them, well, why don't you do what Avatar did? And it's like, well, because I don't have the billion dollar budget yeah, I don't for want it. To. <laughs> um, and things like I like James Cameron. Like I said he's a Canadian Canadian filmmaker. He's done some great movies like Terminator 1. Thank you. Like, thank you for, thank you for alien. Like, thank you. Yes. for like How soon we forget that those are his movies. Yeah. And then, and then Titanic, like, I don't hate Titanic. You can't, I, I, it's, it's impossible. It's like, it, is it one of my favorite fantastic job with it just yeah. because it was such an epic movie and marketed it so brilliantly yeah. licensed it's, the shit out of it. And, and that's the thing is like movies that are based on real life tragedies a lot of times you have to make it a romance movie because there's not a lot else going on. Like, because it was literally just the Titanic. All right, we're going through sinks the end. Like that sinks. Yeah. A lot of people die. Uh, same thing. Pearl Harbor. Same thing. Like, you know, okay. The Japanese attack. That's it. Like that's you. That's 10 minutes. Like you, you have to add all this other stuff into there. Uh, Pearl Harbor though is not very well executed though. I just visually wasn't really good. I didn't care for any of the characters. 
uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was good, but he was also based on a real character. Like, like his character was an actual real person. Like he was based on one of the actual soldiers from from that era. Where the other guys is like, okay, we're in the death, throw them in there. Um, Titanic. I think anything that has Billy Zane in, I'm just going to be like, all right, cool. Like, I think he is what makes that movie so good for me. Uh, but visually, it was a well-done movie. It was paced very well. You actually feel for all those characters. Is it said one in my top 10? No, far from it. But it's still a very well-done film. Uh, so you, you, you're saying that you're doing a lot of script reading and uh, corrections and stuff like that. So what part do you play in this, in that sort of um, process? So people, oh, well, this filing cabinet right here. <laughs> Um, so it's uh, three tiers. Uh, two tiers is scripts that people have just given me that I've kind of read and like edited and give them pointers, but I also get to keep them. Uh, and then the bottom is all my D&D stuff. But we can talk about Dungeons and Dragons later. Uh, no, essentially <laughs> what it is, is I'll, I'll just read through it and I'll just kind of like, you know, like, not so much like grammatical errors because I'm I'm a shit speller. I'm horrible at grammar. Like, whoa, and God. that's neither here nor there. I mean, that, people aren't yeah. looking for grammar when they're trying to make a movie. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny because, like, when you watch a lot of movies too, like, like Kevin Smith, funny, love him. He's great. People don't talk like that. Like, <laughs> no one talks like that. But you laugh anyway because it's really good. Uh, yeah. No, a lot of times, yeah, I'm just pacing. I'll really look for if I can move scenes around. Um, like, the biggest thing, like, even like uh, editing, like, because I, I also do a lot of film editing as well, too is the biggest thing that you'll know as like a guy who's taking film is does it advance the plot? If it doesn't advance the plot in any way, that's usually going to be first to get cut out, which is sad because like sometimes some of those scenes are just so beautiful. And like, oh, they look so good. Well, isn't that the, the, the common, I remember uh, yeah. it was Shireen Jarrett who was like, take your, take, kill your darlings. Any yep. shot that you're like, Oh, that's so good. I have to leave it in. K- kill that one first. Just take it out because it'll probably yeah. make the, the story a whole lot better. Yeah, one one hundred percent. You can throw it in in your director's cut later on. Yes, uh, the one but, that no yeah. one else watches except the geeky film boys. <laughs> you just sit there. <laughs> what could have been? Um, but yeah, no, yeah, one hundred percent. You you have you have to kill your babies. You have to kill your darlings. And as much as it hurts, like as much as it hurts, does it advance? If it doesn't advance the plot, it doesn't have to be in there because just the way people's attention is, you have to get from point A to point B. And everything in the middle has to make sense. Like that's that's just the way our minds are. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of times, yeah, like just I'll, I'll play around with stuff. Like I, I don't usually do final drafts for people. I'm usually kind of the first set of eyes that they give. That they oh, give okay. The, um, the trusted eyes that you're not going to shit on their production, but you're going to still be motivating enough that they're going to go back to a second draft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll give them like if they don't have to listen to my advice, like, you know, far from it. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. There's a lot of shit I write garbage uh and it's actually funny i like yeah so like like when i was writing those wrestling scripts uh roman was actually my 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 editor for those so i gave him the uh the scripts and then and then he would come back but he would also throw a lot of his uh his roman charming on some of those so if you actually watch some of those you'll actually see like written by you know jp and and roman and roman k so because some of his jokes are just that kid's nuts but uh so you mentioned a lot about these scripts uh, and that, uh, I mean, you have a film background, uh, a theater background. What has been your history moving? Like, cause we met early two thousands. I think uh, early like, we met. Uh, that's a fringe play. Like Manish, uh, I think uh, burning I, meatloaf productions. Yeah, I, and all I, that. I met you during, I'm pretty sure I met you when burning meatloaf did their, did their 
not uh not stay out of her cabin the one they did after that's so like the burning meatloaf show like when you were the stage yes producer. but then i actually got to work with you 101 when we did fish unit like so that was my first like ah uh, yeah i remember working with you but i was introduced to you during that during that first run <laughs> which i can't say that i was a very good stage manager that that show <laughs> i think the biggest flaw to that show is a making it a kid show that i think that was a big flaw like a rap <laughs> musical and then converting it to a kid show because a lot of the original ideas that we had we had to cut to make family friendly uh, charging next to nothing for the production and and it didn't make sense <laughs> like, it, like no like that's the thing like me i was in the show and i have no idea what was going on i love don't get me wrong i love I loved the cast. I love Josh. I, I love Paul. Phenomenal work. Phenomenal to work with. Like I had, I had a ball working on that show. It was a lot of fun. They were good writers was, too. I mean, that was one just, was a just bit confusing. of an it was just a really weird show. Yeah. Uh, but also too, they, they they didn't really take to ideas very well because, like you know, <laughs> well, no, that's the thing is like a lot of us were kind of like, hey, maybe we should try. No, 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 no. This is our baby, our baby. Okay, okay. So, uh, but yeah, I said I still enjoyed it. It was still a lot of fun. <laughs> now you've like, done your own fringe productions though yep. like, oh, since yeah. then so what have you uh, done from theater and film uh oh. like, since then i mean i know it's been a been a while and you it's cannibal musical that uh, yep. is on your youtube channel yeah um yeah. but so did you were you making full-length productions as well is that what you yeah. were you were sort of getting into uh, okay the so uh, very first yeah let, let's just redo my whole fringe history uh so very first fringe play i ever did um, was with my high school sketch comedy group. It was called uh, the event. Uh, so my old uh, sketch comedy group was the Boiling Brain Pot. Um, they they did a couple fringe shows. Like I I kind of fell in and out uh, of them. So like in high school I was full time in the group, and then after high school I kind of stepped back. But then whenever they needed me, I would come back in, kind of thing. So I was more of a guest a lot of the times. Uh, so we did a show. It was called The Adventures of Clifford and Bernard: The Quest for the ID. So just the whole premise of the show is just there's this new horror movie coming out. And so me, I played uh, I played Bernard. No, no, I was I was Clifford. I was Clifford. And uh, David, uh, another film student uh, that, that, we, that we met, uh, he played uh, <laughs> uh, he played Bernard. So all it is, is we try to go to the movie. The security guard won't let us in because we're not 18. So we go on this magical quest to get fake IDs. And like it had everything. Like there was like sword, there was like sword fighting and like a wizard and a hunchback. Like it was just bizarre. It's like this big fantasy adventure. And it's funny because well, no we wonder actually... Paul and Josh brought you in then. I mean, it seems yeah. like you were sort of into that whole eclectic <laughs> fantasy world anyway. So 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 we did it. Uh, we actually got a four and a half star CBC review. Wow. Because the woman that saw it loved it. Problem is that review didn't get posted until the end of the fridge. <laughs> uh, we we did okay, like we had okay houses. Um, it was very weird though. Like you know, I enjoy because that's my style of humor. But it it was a good first experience. Uh, then after that, I did a fish unit, uh, which did okay. Uh, then I did a show called Everyone's a Critic, which I wrote and produced uh, with my old roommate Sebastian. Um, that that one did that one did did pretty pretty decent. Um, so how many fringe plays have you done total then do you still do them no no 
no. Uh, no. I, 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 after we 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 had the the son, I've I've retired from theater and film. For do now. you do any acting at all, or is it all on the back burner? Now it's just uh, it's mostly streaming. on the back door. I do voiceover work, right? Uh, and if someone needs me for something kind of quick, I'll usually jump in. I I have turned down a lot of opportunities, which I regret. Wow. Uh, well, no, because it's a time. It's a timing because I said I can't dedicate to something because I said, what if something happens with my kid? Yeah, I would have to like, you know, it'd break my heart to do a production. And then day before the show, oh, something happened. I can't do it. So so that's why I'll do like voiceover work so I can just hand it in as I need it. Yeah. Um, so I did like, yeah, Mighty Platypus, Amazing Variety Show. I've done uh, Cannibal the Musical, which was super fun to do. Uh, we'll get into that one. Uh, and I my the show I put the most effort into besides Campbell was called Retail. It was a one man show. Because I've worked in retail for over 25 years. You still work in I, retail, right? Technically, yes. Uh, I work for <laughs> a retail company. What does this mean? <laughs> I work for a retail company, but I work at their corporate office. Oh, okay. So I, I'm a desk <laughs> jockey now. I sit at a desk and crunch numbers. So I still right. technically work for retail, but I'm not I'm not on the battlefield. Fighting, no. <laughs> fighting the customer. I've earned this, God damn. Uh, so... So yeah, it was a one man show about working in retail. It just started out as just kind of like, you know, like jokes. I would just, you know, like, you know, like say with coworkers and they're like, oh, you, you should like really write a book or something. And I was like, well, shit, no, let's write a play. Cause like, that's what I do already. So, so retail was essentially like three years worth of just collecting data, like just funny stories that have happened to coworkers. And, uh, and, and I, I gave her full credit, but uh, my mom kind of helped co-write it as well too. Cause she worked for Eaton's for over 30 years. Oh, wow. So a lot of her stories that she had from like the seventies and the eighties made it into this final cut. And we did like phenomenal. Like I, I didn't sell out any shows, but only because I was at the planetarium auditorium, which is a big, it's huge, venue. yeah, small stage. Like uh, that, that's where all the one man shows are. Cause it's a small stage. Like it's like, I think 12 feet by like seven feet. Like it's a small stage but it holds 320 people. What so, was your biggest audience? Uh, like uh, 200 and I was, it was about three quarters full. It was about three wow. quarters. Full. And it's just you on stage. It was just one man show. And it was just, it, I had a ball doing it. It was super fun. Um, I got like, yes, yeah, a lot of, a lot of positive feedback. I got a, another four and a half star review from the sun. I got four from the free press. CBC didn't like it. They only gave me a three and they had a, uh, they, they called it an overzealous bitch fest. I was like, yeah, that was the point. That, like, that, was, that was the whole, like, they're like, saying, he promised to reveal all the secrets behind retail. No, it, it's a bitch fest of how stupid customers are. Like, <laughs> of which we all are, fun. aren't we? We're all the customers at yeah. some point And we all, I mean, Sometimes I get this in but China whenever you travel. Because, yeah, I, I did that show probably like 13 years ago. And now there's that guy on TikTok. I love him. He's phenomenal. You probably see him. He's, he has like the mustache and he does like a lot of retail things. And I was like, which guy? I don't know. Old... Yeah, I, don't I, know. I forget his name. Brilliant. Absolutely. I'll, I'll see if I can find some of his videos and I'll send them to you later. Like, absolutely funny. But I'm just like sitting there like, I missed the boat, man. Because I did that way before he did. Like, that was my thing. But whatever, you know, good, good for him. Congratulations. But then a lot of people like compare, like, you know, like, oh, you're just copying him. No, 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 no. He copied me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I literally have video proof. The OG. I did this in, like, two, you're the OG. I did this in like 2008. Uh, and then so after that, um, 
I'm a big Trey Parker fan. Like Trey Parker, Matt's all right. Sorry, just for like rumbling. I heard rumbling too. Yeah. We'll have to bleep. Uh, Big Trey Parker, uh, Matt Stone fan. So the creators of South Park. Uh, Trey Parker. So his whole shtick is he was actually in university for what are you doing up there Uh, for music? He was actually in there for like music composition. And then he switched his major to film. Um, so it's funny because like when you watch South Park, it's always loaded with songs. Yeah, those are all, yeah. those are all his. He wrote Trey writes all of those. Like like he's still a very accomplished musician. Um, so when he was in film, like their one of their projects that do is make a feature film. So he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> so he released Cannibal the Musical, which is a musical based on El. Uh, El it's not Alfred. I think it's Alfred. Uh, Packer, which is like the first uh, in U.S. history, is the first convicted cannibal in, U- in like American history. Okay. Uh, he was never fully convicted though because of a the way state laws worked at the time. Oh, so he was actually found innocent because when he supposedly convicted, like you know, murdered and ate the people, it was before Colorado was a state, so he cannot be legally tried under state law. Oh well, though what a technicality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so he made a musical out of it and like released the film, but nobody bought it. Like, so eventually Troma was like, yeah, we'll market it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I found a copy of it, watched and fell in love with it. Like, cause it is, it is stupid. Like it is dumb. <laughs> like it is, but I was just like, this is freaking brilliant. I, I want to do this as a stage play. How can I do this? So I researched it and then found out that uh, Jason McHugh, who plays uh, one of the characters in the movie, he owns legal rights to it because with Trey Parker doing Canada, uh, doing like South Park, he obviously wouldn't have time. So he, he sold all the rights to Jason McHugh. He's like, yeah, you, 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 you deal with this now, you know, this is below us. <laughs> Super easy to talk. Like I emailed him like, Hey, I'd be really interested in doing this. Uh, I live in Winnipeg and writes about you live in Winnipeg. I love Winnipeg done. That's it. That's all it took was for me to literally say, I live in Winnipeg. Really? And he's a he's a wow. fan of our city. He is a fan of our city. No Winnipeg. idea why. Uh what was that movie? Tusk or Musk? Tusk was uh also shot. It was it shot in Winnipeg or based in Winnipeg? And that was a horror uh, t- film. Tusk is based, uh it's not Winnipeg, it's northern Manitoba. Okay. But that's a it's that Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Where, yeah, with like Jason Long and yeah, it's so weird. Um, it's bizarre but- how Winnipeg pops up. It's one of those cities that gets love and hate. Uh, I no longer live there. Um, <laughs> I've had issues with the city before. Not, not major yeah. cities. It's mostly because um, of the opportunities that I sort of saw for myself there. But Yeah, I, I, I'll i be the first to say that if I did not get married and tied down, I would not. Be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, And I would still like, I love my wife. I love her to pieces. I love my kid. But. But that's the thing is I wouldn't be here and I would probably still be doing theater, film, acting, all that stuff. Oh, I'd probably be living in a box eating my own feces, but but I'd be or doing teach or teaching English in Thailand or somewhere where yeah, you could exactly. make decent coin and still do theater if you wanted. I, I, I appreciate what you I love I, I, a lot of my friends actually teach uh, 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 one of my elementary school friends. Yeah, she 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 teaches English in China. And like, like, I think it's just phenomenal that there's a market for that. Like, I think that's just so huge. It used like, to be a lot better before. Now it's not so much. 10 years ago, it was pheno- uh, phenomenal. Now it's oh, sort of the world kind of um, moved on. But, but then so like, yeah, so he like wrote back, you know, hey, like, what are some of your plans with the show? 
you know, cause, cause he kind of does have a rule. He's like, you know, like you can change certain things cause they're very hard to, but like the rules were very simple. Um, uh, you have to put on the poster from the creator from like created by Trey Parker. Uh, Matt Stone did not create it. He said, so you do not say from the creators of South Park. You do not. He says, it's Trey Parker. This is his show. Okay. Yeah. 100%. No problem. We can do that. Um, we have to sell a little bit of merchandise that he provided. Uh, and then we have to, because then the profit we get from the merchandise goes back. Okay. Fair. And uh, then there's a set thing. If you don't make this amount of money, like, you know, he had a flat rate. If you don't make it, then it's a percentage of your ticket sales. But if you do, it's this rate. We easily made that rate. And that was right. it. That was, oh, and he wanted a copy of, if we film it, he wanted a copy of a DVD and a signed, like an autographed poster and an autographed uh, program. Of course. Yeah. And so you got and all that, that done. Yeah. And we got all that super. I, I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Like, like it's awesome. Oh. And super said so super easy to deal with. Like said, like he hasn't really done a lot. Like like he he does mostly music stuff nowadays. Uh, but like anytime Trey Parker has done a movie, so like Orgasmo, uh, Cannibal the Musical, South Park, Jason appears on it. <laughs> like right. he'll be in it, or he'll be very subtly. So it's like, hey, I'm friends with a legit movie star. So. Uh, and then he actually released a bio- an autobiography on the making of Cannibal a couple years ago, uh, a couple years later, and he actually gave me an autographed copy, and I mentioned it. And yeah, because and it flat out says, yeah, we were one of the most successful productions ever of Cannibal the Musical, like with minimal, because like I've seen other versions of it, and yeah, they put like like professional, it's like professional theater companies with like real like props and like Broadway sets, and then there's us. I literally had like five fucking wooden trees and like a horse that was made out of a sawhorse. Like, like uh, I will admit that we did spend quite a bit, but the thing that I was really proud of that show was after we were done presenting the cast with their checks and like them, <laughs> opening it, they were just like, wait, what? Like we one of the paid? guys, uh, well, uh, one of the guys, Murray, uh, Murray Farnell, very well-known Canadian voice actor. Uh, he's done the, God, he's done tons. If you go on IMDb and just look up Murray Farnell, uh, phenomenal. Like uh, this was back when he was still living in Winnipeg. Um, such a pleasure to work with. Like absolutely phenomenal. Like he's been on like Winona Earp, uh, but he he does a lot of voice work. Like voice acting is his thing. But he even flat out said like this is the most I've ever been paid for a fringe show. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, pleasure to work. Like the thing I loved about that cast is just all of them. Like uh, David Fox, Dan DeYeager, Kenneth Jackson, uh, Katie German. Like just all of them have gone on to do big things. And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm very playing proud. games in your your in your basement, yeah. streaming on Twitch. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, like Dan's done a lot of films. Murray said, well known actor. Katie, uh, she she teaches theater now, and she's done a lot of stuff. Uh, David Fox lives in Toronto now. Uh, he does like touring Broadway shows. Like just absolutely. I'm so proud of that cast of what they've been able. I'm not saying that I'm the guy that launched their careers, like far from it. They were all well-established before I even met them, but like just how far a lot of them have come. But you've cast um, them in your, in your production at Murray Fennell. says actor stunts on IMDb. Is that true? Billy, the kid, uh, hard yes. fight Vanguard, Tobot, Winona Earp. Yep. Yeah, that is. Yeah. As soon as you said Winona Earp, I was like, yeah, that's Murray. That's Murrball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Neat. Yeah, so, so you were able to cast them in your production. That's, yeah. that's proper. And uh, he's such a great guy to work with. Like super, 
because because he was like S tier compared to us, but he didn't treat us like we were lower than him because he he was like one with like the most training. Like he treated everyone as if they were just part of the cast and always giving advice and like, hey, you know, hey, hey, how, how about we try this? And, but he would also listen to your ideas. Oh, yeah, like that's that's really good. Let's give that a whirl. Uh, just like like even before the show, he'd be like the guy backstage getting everybody going before each production. Yes. If I could work with him in 100 percent one, like I love that man. So much fun to work with all of now, them. If I did, they make the jump to other acting careers after your production. Uh, not, not not necessarily because of, but um, they, they oh, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, along like, your their production, their acting careers that they stopped off in Winnipeg, did your sort of thing. And then, yeah, they well, well they were all local prior. Like they all lived in Winnipeg already, except for Ken. Kenneth lives in Brandon. Uh, so he drove in every day for rehearsal. He drove wow. in for the print. So bless that man. Bless <laughs> Kenneth Jackson. <laughs> Uh, and he does a lot of Winnipeg shows like and but now he flat out said he's like it's no big expense to him he says it's he's too he says I come into the city every week anyway so like why not uh, he yeah. he's a pleasure to work with uh, he he was the oldest out of the group so he was like I think he's early 50s now but yeah he was like mid 40s at the time so he was he was like the, the old guy that we were like you know give us your wisdom Kenneth Jackson like like I brilliant man so you um, don't do any producing anymore. Like you're you're sort yeah. of on the sidelines right now. Yeah, on, on the sidelines for right now, waiting to get back in. Waiting. Right. To get, but I said, like, once I'm confident that my kid can handle things on his own, I give me the ball, coach. I will go in. I will yeah. go in. But Is there a timeline on that? Like, do you because you, you mentioned that your child's on the uh, the, the spectrum? Do you yeah. roughly know uh, like when could you could expect it to happen, or uh, this is something he, he, that you just don't know? Uh, unknown like i right. said you know you, you never could never maybe it could never happen maybe he will never be self-sufficient by himself so right uh, that that's just uh, the cards you get that you're dealt with so uh but yeah it is what i it is. have so, nothing but full respect and admiration for people with children uh and oh, uh it's because oh, yeah. I, I know uh, there's at least <laughs> one single mother here uh, whose husband or ex-husband left her after she, she found out she was pregnant, basically. Um, but and she was an expat here in China. But there's a okay. few like I look at the the I want to see the silly things that I do after work. And I'm I I'm the guy <laughs> at work. I'm like, you got to do it. The only reason why you're not doing a pull up is because you're not doing a pull up. You got to run your miles. You got to eat your broccoli. You got to do all your creative projects. You got to live your life, man. And I'm just thinking, this is such a luxury of the guy who lives on his own, uh, yeah. who works from home, and who, though he has an issue with his company not paying his rent, uh, or even a part of it, is kind of like making it work. Because I'm like, I can do a whole lot more without, <laughs> like, I don't have a manager to talk to on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't have a commute. I don't have a wife, uh, you know, asking me a thousand questions. I don't have a kid or dog or cat, nothing. So it's I'm living a charmed life. I know this. Yeah. So full on respect and admiration yeah, to no, the parents, right. the mothers, and the fathers out yeah. there who are raising full, children full, full working props full to, time. To the single, yeah. Like I, the the idea of working a full time job and then somehow doing something extra and having a child as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Woo! Bravo! I'm loved. Uh, <laughs> But so like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, uh, you know, for confidential reasons, but a, another good friend of mine uh, is, a, is a single father. Like he he lost his uh, significant other uh, shortly after the birth of their second child. Like she passed uh, away and like he's been 
Zed works full time, looks after two amazing kids, and still finds time to do like fun stuff for himself as well, too. So love you. Love you to pieces. Love you to pieces, brother. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. So <laughs> Uh, the only so, one in only one in our group. So, <laughs> uh, would you have ever moved, or would you ever think of moving your family to Toronto, Vancouver, London, New York, Montreal? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. No. Um, What's it about Winnipeg? The housing's cheap. Uh, <laughs> we are a cheap city, and to be honest, there's there's a lot there's a lot here. Like we we don't get the credit that we deserve, but no. for the lifestyle that we have right now, it works fine. <laughs> Uh, we were there sell was it to us of, sell us Winnipeg yeah there there was a period where we might have moved to the east coast for a work opportunity but that kind of fell through uh I'm kind of glad it because because uh her family's actually from the east coast originally so okay but but I was like eh, I really want to just yeah <laughs> uh but other than that no but everything's good like so I like what I do now I like the fact that I'm able to stream and still stay creative I like the fact that I have a podcast coming out very soon. Uh, we don't have a title yet. We have three working titles. We just have to like, and they're all not taken. So we're like, okay, all right. Like we had a really awesome one, but it was like already out there. It's like, That's why it's uh, taken. So, it's such yeah, an awesome title. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to say the name of it to prevent people from taking it. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as we get it all edited, produced, ready to go, it should be within the next month. Actually it should be within the next couple of weeks. Cause we have enough data to actually edit it into episodes like we have right. probably about six hours worth of us just talking about rent so all of it the whole premise is just two middle-aged guys so i'm gonna be 40 this year uh sheldon's already like he's 43 and we just talk about just crap we liked as kids and does it still hold up today is kind of the whole premise like you know so we rewatch old cartoons are they still good we rewatch old movies are they still good uh, the answer ones? Is, a lot of the answers no a lot of them are not uh, <laughs> Like Master Universe, loved He Man and the Master's Universe. Amazing show. Best cartoon ever. Watching it now. No. Pen in the eye. Uh, <laughs> like, like the wife, bless her. She bought me every season on DV. She bought me like the box. And she's like, I know you really like this cartoon. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Put in the first disc. I'm just like, this is. A... <laughs> like, Where's the... I haven't even finished disc one yet. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. <laughs> But then there's other like Disney cartoons so like Gummy Bears, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Chippendales. Hell yeah, Gargoyles Hell. was very good. Oh, I remember Keith, that one. Keith, Keith David, man, Keith David's a god. Keith David, you can just you can read me a bedtime story. Keith David can like read the ingredients of soup, and I'll be like, "Ooh, tell me more, Keith David. I'll listen to you all night." <laughs> Keith David, if you're listening, it's not creepy. I just, I just really <laughs> like, I really like what you bring to the table. Well, I remember Gargoyles because that was uh, like uh, I remember my sister watched Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation, and yeah, was and, that and, and, basically the whole cast move over to ninety-eight uh, percent of them? Yeah, right. Uh, so Jonathan that... Frakes uh, plays uh, the villain. Uh, Can't drunk, remember. Uh, it starts with a Z. Zapro. I don't know, but yeah. So 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 Riker is the villain, and that just yeah. I love Riker. Yeah, it's Riker. It's not the Jonathan Frakes. It's Riker, uh, and then yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> Commander Troy as well. She was on there. I did uh, Deanna so. Troy. She's in it. Yeah. Um, the the thing I love is that like in the interview, like because someone made that supercut of 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 Riker Rikering the chair, because because he's tall. Like he's a tall guy. I think he's like six seven. Like he's a tall. So whenever he goes, you've probably seen the video where he'll put his leg over the chair to sit yes. on it. Like he'll approach it from the back. 
and he puts and then when he gets up he'll but he said he never realized that he did that that's just something he's always done because he's so <laughs> tall so but then someone made a super cut of that and he watched he's like well shit <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and 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 same with like uh uh, uh say same with like uh, jean-luc picard always always grabs his shirt when he sits down before he sits down he takes the bottom and he fans it out and he sits down and like I said patrick stewart never realized that he did that he said it was just a little trope that he just naturally does but now everyone associates jean-luc picard with with poofing out his shirt before he sits down and i'm like next generation was great like like the, the og show's good but for me next generation will always be my personal favorite yeah, I, uh, I, I stopped ever... watching after that one. I, I tried to get into Voyager, but Voyager was... I liked uh, the, Voyager the... because it was so far away, and I think that yeah. was sort of the attraction. Of uh, the wife that. loves Voyager. Like, that's her favorite. Well, Voyager also had a purpose. Like, they're... Yeah, the actual series was they're trying to get back home. Next Generation was just like, all right, wacky shit every episode. Like, there was no actual <laughs> arcing storyline. Like, so the, the, before we part ways, like, how I was taught to write was was in arcs. So you have yes. one. So this will actually echo onto that project that we did together, and I think that's a great place to end because people need to see this. Uh, echo. Well, do they? <laughs> oh yes, they do. Uh, so the way you write it is your season will have one giant arc. You have to, you know, like the whole point of the season is to finish that arc. Each half season will have a half arc. Then you have quarter arcs. Then you have each individual episode has its own individual arc. But the way it all works is yeah, so you have your one little storyline, but that one episode still has a part of a slightly larger storyline and a slightly larger storyline and a slightly larger storyline. So when we did the no budget show, I... there you go. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. Um, I remember that one. It was definitely it was no budget. <laughs> zero budget. Uh, so the way we wrote it um, was we had that giant story arc plus the two half arcs. But the thing I loved about that show is that the one premise we had was that every episode had its own individual arc, but its own genre. Yes. So we had yeah. a Western episode. We had the undead zombie apocalypse episode. You were, uh, you guys came Super on the Mario's. Uh, yeah, you guys were on the foreign episode where, because right. you were in the, yeah, you guys were, were in that, that, that Ukrainian band at the time, which is awesome. They're and still going. The thing I don't understand in that episode, there's like a scene where it cuts to like John Marquez wearing that goat head running around the room with like two spears and we're just like, okay, whatever, keep it in there. Because <laughs> you guys brought this goat head or a sheep head or whatever it was. I can't remember why we did that either. It's because we had a prop and we're like, well, let's bring it anyway, just in case. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we had a puppet episode, a fantasy episode, like I said, a Western episode, a medical drama episode. But the other thing I liked is that all the dialogue was improvised, 100% improvised. So all we ever had was, here's what needs to happen in the show. That's it. Like, so we we had the <laughs> beginning of the episode and we had the ending of the episode and we had like little key plot points that we had to hit, which were part of those story arcs. So here's important yeah. story arcs that need to happen in this episode. You guys just make it up and hopefully it all works out. So it did help that a lot of us had a theater background, but editing it, we're just like, what the fuck is this? this is, it was so difficult to edit. Did, did, like, it work? I, did the idea it did, work though? It, it did. It did work. And, uh, but the thing is, the last episode, it's a two-parter. It's the fantasy episode, was never released because oh. we never finished editing it. Oh, no. And now the before. final cut has upgraded. Good luck getting that project open again. We <laughs> we have the footage, though. On the mini-DV, good luck transferring it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, FireWire still exists. FireWire still exists. Really? Wow. 
yeah, uh, you you can get a PCI FireWire card, which is what will work in most um, PCs. Uh, the problem is it's digitizing the footage because that's like yes, sixteen hours worth of footage. Oh yeah, yeah, and you get, it's got to be done real time. Yeah, and it's a lot of footage. So so Dave Zealous has the footage, Has he and he'll get to it. it he'll get to it eventually. But he has a lot of shit that he's working on. How 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 long does it take him to digitize sixteen hours of footage? I I'm just, I'm joking, David. I know because I I'm in the same. I got it. <laughs> I, I love you, Dave. I love you, Dave. I'm glad your production company is doing very well. I'm glad he's doing very well right I now. I think so. one of the the one of the last times I was in Canada, uh, I made a point of digitizing, uh, if not all, at least the vast majority of my mini DV collection. <laughs> Not collection, my tapes, because I was like, um, these tapes are getting old. I have to do it. And I had to rent a deck from yeah. uh, Advanced Digital, uh, Advanced whatever it is, Advanced Pro. And yeah. they're like, they give me this huge deck to plug yeah. into the PCI FireWire card that I had Jimmy rigged into my dad's computer at the time because yeah. I couldn't actually get it into the to the actual uh, the well, tower yeah, itself. Because yeah, I probably, because I recently, because I cleaned up my office and I found probably about like 400 mini DV tapes. My oh, mini goodness. DV camera does not work though. No, I tried. they never do. It has no power. I can't get it to work. So I have to find a deck because I have a fire. I have a I have a current FireWire card in my PC. So I yeah. can, I just need a deck. So I will find it eventually. Or an old video it. camera. And it's it's tough because those you never know if those or, cameras or, are going to chew mini DV anything. Camera. Yeah. And that uh, just breaks my heart. Yeah. I know that uh, Advanced used to have a mini DV deck. Uh, and there was another one. It was Advanced, but it was the, uh, or Midcan. Midcan also had yeah. a deck uh, back in the day. That, that was, that was cute. Well, I think uh, like mini ago. DV was good technology. Like it was, it was like the OG <clears throat> digital, but it wasn't digital. Like it was, it was the streamline between VHS and digital. It was like, like the thing that was like, and then they had like those recordable DVDs for a little while. They were just utter garbage. Never horrible took to off. Work with. Yeah. It, then, the uh, then they realized, why don't we just get rid of the tape and keep it all digital, digital, like the name says, and it would be so well, much easier like, on everybody. Uh, well, it's funny. Cause like when I was in like film and broadcasting, we were the tail end. So we were at the period where we were still using tapes and digital was just coming, just coming in. in. Yes. So our teacher kind of said, like, you guys are good, essentially the screwed class because <laughs> you're going to learn because you're learning a technology which is going to be gone in two years. But yeah. the technology that's taking over doesn't exist yet. So yeah. we, we got fucked. <laughs> but I do love digital editing because it's nonlinear. Oh, it's so much Lin- Linear editing. Linear is great. Don't get me wrong. Great. But you have to start at point A and finish at the end where well, nonlinear is like, yeah, I feel like working on the ending today. <laughs> you can just go back and you can cut by the millisecond where linear you're like you're sitting there like like hoping you get that exact moment and then oh crap i i botched the control track and now there's like a millisecond of black so i gotta go back and redo everything it's just like yeah <sighs> control z also made it a lot easier too didn't it yeah. just beautiful <laughs> so all, all you kids with your with your final cut pro and bullshit i used tape and scissors <laughs> yeah back in the day for sure i remember actually when i first started when i got back into final cut i didn't realize that they had background rendering that changed yeah. my life i was like excuse back. me i don't have to wait 16 hours for this thing to render out it yeah, does like it I as i go and still work what what, what is, is this magic 
<laughs> all right. It has been a pleasure, dude. It has been awesome. All right. Uh, so, Joel, uh, where can people find you? Because you uh, you got to get going here. Um, yeah. Where can people find you and uh, uh, troll you some more? All right. Uh, well, if you want to watch my YouTube, I don't have post. I don't post new videos, but you can watch my old stuff. It's Kayfabe Chronicles. Uh, so Kayfabe, of course, the magical art of maintaining the illusion in wrestling. So K-A-Y-F-A-B-E Chronicles on YouTube. And if you want to follow me on Twitch, it is Rats House of Retro, all one word. Uh, Rats is just a nickname that I got from gaming and I just kind of kept it. Uh, we didn't really get it. It's, it's, it's a boring story. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, on Twitch, uh, you'll find the logo of me wearing a lucha mask, uh, drinking a cup of coffee because that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we stream mostly retro games. Uh, we play a little bit of World of Warcraft, some Overwatch. I just I, I I try to keep it fun, but yeah, uh, our next stream will be. Well, I don't know when this comes out, so yeah, eventually. But you stream every night, though, don't you? Or Monday, mostly, Tuesday, mostly. most nights. Yeah. Uh, Monday, Tuesday. No, no, not Tuesdays. So Sunday, Monday, Wednesdays, and then I alternate Fridays and Saturdays. Right. On. So one week will be Friday. The following week will be Saturday because you know, I still got to do I still got to do dad stuff. Uh, for sure and, yeah, yeah uh, i've been enjoying your mega man series and watching you oh, yeah. die repeatedly good thing no, uh save and mega continue right exists <laughs> in the middle of mega man 3 right now uh but yeah right, you can also follow me on twitter at uh, rat's house of ret you still retro use twitter yeah still use twitter i also have an instagram and a tiktok rat's house of retro okay. check that all out it, just go to my twitter click on the link tree it takes you all there uh but yeah it's been a pleasure you are the man uh and hopefully once we get our podcast going, we'll have you as a guest because we'll not have you that. on board. Uh, right. So once we get that released, I'll let everybody know and we'll release some names and stuff. So mm. cheers. All right. All right, Joel. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are the have man. Have a good Steve. day and uh, all the best. And uh, I hope good luck with the, the podcasting. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, but it, I think it is worth it, especially if you look oh, yeah. back on all the, all the stuff that you've done. I mean, yeah, you're an I, I think I've done enough man. where I think I can make this work. And it's not about making money. It's about being entertaining. That's uh, like I said, I've been very blessed to have viewers give me gifts. But like I said, it, it's not I, I'm not the guy like click the donation button. Like I'm not. No, no. If you guys want to give me stuff. Great. If not, that's cool. I just hope you enjoy it and you laugh your ass off because that's that's number one priority is comedy. Right. So. Right. Rats House of Retro on Twitch. Go, definitely go watch his video games. Joe Passante, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. I love, love, love you, brother. Take care. Good, good to one. see you. We need to touch base again. All right. Bye bye. All right, take care. And there you have it. That's episode 39 of the Steven Sersky podcast. And that was Joel Passante, my guest today. Show notes and tracks uh, are available on my website, stevensersky.com. Sorry, not tracks. Show notes and MP3 are available on my website, stevensersky.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. I appreciate it. And of course, you can also stream this on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, and others. Again, show notes and track available up on my website, stevensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.